all over the state, really, there's been one county that's flooded in the state. One county, that was Cape May County. It's the one county that flooded. So I don't know where from all over the state, since we have 21 counties, where that's happened. Um, second, um, I don't know what you expect me to do. You want me to go down there with a mop? From WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio, it's the Christie Tracker. I am a walking, breathing miracle. He who endures conquers. Blunt, direct, maybe you might say honest and refreshing. Thank you all very much, and I'm sorry for the idiot over there. Take care. I'm David First. The disaster governor was back in action this week, sort of. He first apologized profusely to the voters of New Hampshire for leaving the campaign trail and then appeared to minimize the concerns of residents in New Jersey who were facing the prospects of historic snowfall and coastal flooding in areas still recovering from the effects of Superstorm Sandy. I want to make sure that the people in my state feel safe and secure and know that despite the fact that I've been on the phone, uh, you know, seven or eight times in the past two days to get updates from the National Weather Service and to lay out the plans for how we're going to deploy resources, talk to the National Guard, talk to the Department of Transportation, talk to the Department of Environmental Protection, make sure everybody knows what they're doing. Um, They'll feel better if I'm there. So I'm going to go back this afternoon. Um, You're going to be the last event that I do today. I'm going to go back this afternoon Um, And then I will try to come back on Sunday. So Christy popped back into the Garden State in time for the storm and promptly rushed back out again on Sunday to host another town hall and uh, catch the Patriots uh, playoff game in the state with the nation's first primary. Then, just as we were going to press, Governor Christy changed course yet again, returning to New Jersey on Tuesday. He held a press conference in which he announced an economic rescue plan for Atlantic City and answered questions from reporters about leaving the state shortly after the blizzard. I was here. You can't be AWOL when you're here. Before Christie was essentially shamed into returning to the state, we spoke with New Jersey Public Radio's Matt Katz. His new book, American Governor Chris Christie's Bridge to Redemption, came out last week. Matt, uh, did you make it through the snow okay? I survived Snowmageddon 2016. How about yourself? We survived. We made it through. The kids thought it was just the greatest thing ever. And uh, Christy says, you know, after the storm, like it or not, he delivers. The state handled things well. So enough with the criticism about, you know, spending all that time up in New Hampshire. Yeah, he actually says that there is no real criticism. Um, he has framed this as just a, a media-created thing. I mean, the problem, what, what happened was he was asked if he was coming home, and he initially said he, no, which he now says really, he really meant he had no plans to at the time, but he was monitoring the forecast. But the way it seemed, in, in the way he framed it initially, was that he was not going to come home at all. And so when he decided to come home, it seemed like he was bowing to pressure, um, that there was criticism from Democrats uh, back in New Jersey. The criticism was sort of seeping into the national consciousness via the media, and therefore he had to come home. That's what it appeared to be. He says, listen, the forecast got a lot more severe. By Friday morning, I decided I was going to come home. He actually announced that he was going to come home at a town hall meeting in New Hampshire. And as he says, he got home before the first snowflake fell. 
So he was at his station doing his job as far as he's concerned, and he didn't flip-flop or bow to pressure or just uh, come home um, in order to protect his presidential run, as, as his opponents are making it seem. After the storm, Christie made a point of saying how, at this point, he knows what he's doing. It's our 17th snow emergency in my six years as governor. Um, so we know how to do this. And he immediately campaigned on his disaster response with a, a message to voters uh, here on uh, CNN's State of the Union. I don't govern for approval ratings. I govern for results. And what you see in New Jersey today are results. And that's why the people of the United States should should strongly consider supporting me for president of the United States, because when the chips are down, I deliver. He says things went really well. I mean, it, you know, this is an important point. He is running in large part on Sandy. When people ask him at town hall meetings, why are you different from so-and-so opponents? He often brings up Sandy. Listen, I had a, the biggest natural disaster in my state's history. There were, you know, everybody lost power. There were several hundred thousand homes that were, were damaged. Uh, water treatment plants were down. No gas stations were open. Schools were shuttered. And I led my state through the literal and proverbial storm. This is why I'm ready to be the president of the United States. So being a leader during this moment was critically important. And that's why he parlayed many of these phone calls he had and these uh, interviews he had with media over the weekend that were ostensibly about storm recovery. This is why he parlayed them into a campaign message about leadership. Well, that's the difference between a United States senator who's never been responsible for anything um, and a governor who's responsible for everything that goes on in your state. And that's obviously in reference to Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz. When he got back to New Hampshire at a town hall meeting, he said, look what I did in the last 36 hours in New Jersey. That will show you something. He actually said that whether it's an impending storm or the scourge of Islamic radical terrorism, I'm there. It matters what your experience is, and I'm there. And so he's equating what he did during the snowstorm to how he would fight terrorism. But how can he have it both ways? You know, he says, if there's a storm coming, I'm there. Prior to the storm's arrival, he seemed so reluctant to uh, return and seemed to almost mock the residents of New Jersey saying, you know, oh, if they want me to come back there and get pictures of me riding on the uh, snow plows, sure, if that's going to make them happy, okay, I'll come back. It, how can you have it both ways? I mean, he would argue with the premise of your question, saying that he decided to come back once he realized the storm was going to be severe. But, but you're right. I mean, and he, he knows just as well uh, as we do that the pictures in the storm plow, first of all, sometimes are actually meaningful to people. They want to know that there's somebody in charge. Um, they were meaningful to people, the equivalent of that, which was, you know, flying over the Jersey Shore and visiting with Sandy victims during Sandy. That's the equivalent of riding the snowplow. He knows that was very important for people. So the, the fact that he was kind of mocking it is a little bit ridiculous. On the other hand, he did look as if he was a hypocrite here to some extent. He seemed to indicate he didn't need to go back. And then once he went back, he wanted to accentuate the leadership that he displayed by going back. And then adding insult to injury in New Jersey, going straight to, to a party watching a Patriots game. Yeah, that was a very rough headline in the Star-Ledger. Chris Christie uh, go, leaves New Jersey to go watch the Patriots play in New <laughs> Hampshire. I have some sympathy for the guy. His entire political future rests on the next two and a half weeks. And his entire strategy 
to save his political life, to be relevant in the presidential race, is about getting in front of as many New Hampshire voters as possible. So he did not obviously want to go back to spend this weekend in New Jersey. For all the people in New Jersey, thank you uh, for your support um, over the last uh, 24 hours in particular and staying home. Uh, and uh, we look forward to a normal, regular work week starting tomorrow. So uh, any questions, I'm happy to take them. Excellent. No questions. I'm out of here. The difference between him surviving New Hampshire and him going back home permanently could be a matter of a few hundred or a few thousand votes. Well, then resign as governor and just run for president. Resign as governor, just run as president. Stop taking your salary, perhaps. Um, sure, that's an absolute legitimate criticism uh, from the people of New Jersey. And the criticism is not purely just ginned up by his opponents in the uh, Republican presidential race and uh, in the Democratic legislature, as he made it out to seem. I mean, there, there are people underwater right now at the Jersey Shore who don't like the fact that Christie went on national TV on Monday morning. There is no residual damage. There is no residual flooding damage. All the flooding receded yesterday morning. He really continually uh, minimized the flood damage in New Jersey, saying it really wasn't significant. It was not like... Sandy, although some towns like the Wildwoods, like Cape May, which fared relatively better uh, during Sandy, they did a lot worse this time around. So for them, for some places in New Jersey, this is their Sandy. And they will see the arm of the governor's office this week because Christie dispatched his lieutenant governor to go visit these storm-damaged towns. It is over. Now is the cleanup. We are now to the digging out phase. This is a full moon, high tide, nor'easter with a blizzard. It's over. The sun is out. It's 35 degrees right now. Let's start digging out. But from a political perspective, he obviously has to minimize the damage um, in order to justify why he's back in New Hampshire. And from a political perspective, it doesn't really matter if people in Cape May County are pissed off at him because he is never running for any office in New Jersey again unless he's on a presidential ticket. And even then, he's likely going to lose. Just to wrap up, Matt, uh, your book, American Governor Chris Christie's Bridge to Redemption, came out last week, and a lot of people focused on those uh, details that you reveal in the book about uh, Christie and his wife, Mary Pat, going to uh, couples therapy and uh, going into a closet uh, to fight so the kids uh, wouldn't hear them fighting. Uh, were you surprised that, uh, that that became uh, the focus of a lot of the coverage? Yeah. I didn't expect Whoopi Goldberg to be uh, talking about my book as a way of asking her panel if they fight with their spouses in the closet on The View. So there's a new book. <laughs> Uh, American governor, Sir Candidate uh, Chris Christie said that when he and his wife argue, they retreat to a walk-in closet so the kids don't hear them fighting. Uh -huh. That's smart. <laughs> Sounds like a panic room to me. <laughs> I mean, I never anticipated American governor would be on The View. So yes, I was surprised. I was surprised that the, uh, the New York Times focused on that. But, uh, you know, I guess that's what people find most interesting. I actually think it's pretty a net positive politically for him. It, it humanized him to a certain degree, even if it reinforced the image of a, of a brawler in other people's minds. He was, was asked about it. He didn't, you know, deny what he had told me. Even Mary Pat was asked about it. She just kind of downplayed it a little bit, says they don't fight all the time in their closet, but acknowledge that it does happen. I think in a 
time when particularly Republicans like to trumpet uh, their marriages as a hallmark of um, model American citizen. Showing some difficulties in a marriage is not necessarily a bad thing for, uh, for a candidate to appear more real to people. I anticipate a recurring segment in, in the future on The View, uh, Fight Closet with Matt Katz. Fight Closet. I will pitch it to Whoopi because we're on, you know, we're on a first name basis now that she uh, plugged my book on TV. Matt Katz covers Governor Christie for WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio. His new book is American Governor Chris Christie's Bridge to Redemption. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, David. After our conversation with Matt Katz at the news conference when he was back in New Jersey, Governor Christie was asked about his remarks that there was no longer any residual flood damage when he returned to New Hampshire. The fact is that I said all along there was damage there. Understand what I said. There was not residual damage. What residual damage means is damage outside of the storm. You know, we had a lot of residual damage in Sandy that came in the aftermath of the storm and that piled on top of the storm. What I said on Sunday morning and Monday morning, and which has been supported by everyone who's been down there so far and looked at the situation is, there's some flooding damage. But what I was objecting to, both on Sunday, Monday, and I object to today, is any any type of characterization of what happened um, in in Jonas here to be anywhere near what happened in Sandy. I mean, it's not even close. This is the Christie Tracker Podcast. I'm David First. For more on the governor's standing in New Hampshire, we are joined by Josh Rogers, senior political reporter and editor for New Hampshire Public Radio. Welcome, Josh. Good to be here, David. Josh, looking at the latest polls, we're looking at either a a three-way tie for fourth place, maybe tied for fifth place with Jeb Bush behind uh, Donald Trump, Senator Cruz, Senator Rubio, and Governor Kasich. He seemed to be enjoying this little bump in New Hampshire in December, but now has kind of fallen back in the polls once again. Can you pinpoint exactly what happened there? You know, Christie seemed to have a moment uh, subsequent to that. Uh, John Kasich has come up a bit in the polls. Uh, Jeb Bush is showing some signs of of doing a little better the more he gets uh, off TV, at least off the TV and live performances. There are tons of ads running here, but in front of small crowds. And, uh, you know, Rubio has uh, has a lot of people curious in New Hampshire, and Ted Cruz has been here. He spent uh, four days here last week, and so he's taken a bit of the air out of the room. And so I don't think it's fair to say that Christie has fallen tremendously. I mean, again, if you look at it in terms of the polling, it's just, you know, a difference of a few percentage points. But the perception is certainly that he hasn't continued to gather the momentum he he had marshaled a little bit before Christmas, so. Can it be attributed to the the attack ads that started once people started to feel like, wow, Christie's uh, gaining some momentum here? I think that's possible. I mean, I think all of the candidates are, are uh, particularly when you look at the, the three governors, all of those guys, you know, there's not a huge appetite, um, seemingly. I, I guess we'll see when the voters actually vote. But the polling certainly doesn't indicate there's a tremendous appetite for you know people who uh, could say that they've uh, you know practiced politics in a in a conventional manner, and so you have Bush, uh, Christie, and Kasich, you know, all trying to sort of uh, find a way to suggest that they're practical, pragmatic leaders, uh, but also you know, in, in, particularly in the case of Governor Christie, 
you know, throw a few elbows to try to sort of beat back. I mean, certainly Rubio's been a, a real uh, a focus of his uh, lately. 14 people died across the country, and that shows a real immaturity from Senator Rubio to be joking as families were freezing in the cold, losing power, um, and uh, some of them losing their loved ones. And, but I don't expect that uh, Senator Rubio would be able to understand that because he's never had to make a decision of any consequence at all that he's had to be held accountable for. Christie has a lot of he has he's done a good job courting local officials one on one. And, you know, he was able to roll out a number of those endorsements. And, you know, there's a school of thought that would say his time on the ground will pay off. You might say the same for Governor Kasich. It's really hard to say. Is there anything that we're missing about this primary in New Hampshire? Is there anything we're missing about uh, New Hampshire voters? I mean, Christie and a lot of candidates keep saying that Polls are unreliable. The only poll that matters is the one when a voter goes into the voting booth and makes a decision. Is there still a lot that can change between now and February 9th? I mean, that's just two weeks away now. Well, I think a lot of people are wondering whether or not uh, Donald Trump's situation is as unassailable as the polls would make it seem. Not much is known about his ground game in New Hampshire uh, and his campaign You know, touts its uh, reliance on less traditional voters, people who uh, haven't participated lately or may not have participated at all. Uh, you know, Trump and other uh, – Trump is also uh, casting his lot on with in, uh, independent voters. I mean, undeclared voters, as they're called here, people who are members of neither party, comprise about 40 percent of the electorate. And most of those people you know, lean towards one party or the other, but they can vote in either primary. And with the tight race in the Democratic primary – and a lot of people, a lot of independents uh, who may be galvanized to try to say stop Donald Trump, that's one thing you hear a lot from these people. Like, I'm not going to vote for Hillary. I'm not going to vote for Trump. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I've talked to some people who are Democrats uh, in terms of their belief, but more undeclared saying, well, you know, I'm going to pick a, I'm going to pick Kasich uh, to try to slow down Donald Trump or maybe I'm going to pick Christie. And I hear some people who may be Republicans saying, well, I'm going to vote for Sanders to make life more difficult for Clinton. It is hard to know what's going to happen, but, you know, there, there's no record of anyone winning a primary on either side without still getting the majority of the votes of members of their own party. What do you hear from people, from potential voters in this primary when you ask about Governor Christie? Well, I think those who've seen him in person are very much impressed by, you know, his aptitude in the town hall format. It's obviously something he's used in New Jersey, and it's something that he's, you know, he's an excellent performer in these town hall meetings. He can answer questions. He's uh, fluent, you know, in, in many topics. And he also has these kind of go-to set pieces, which, uh, you know, he deploys uh, effectively. And, you know, people in New Hampshire like to think of themselves as uh, people who want, you know, so-called straight talk out of candidates. And so Christie's, uh, you know, kind of branding of, oh, I'm going to tell it like it is, it has a natural uh, audience here to, to some extent. It's not entirely clear what sort of ground operation he has in terms of actually like IDing voters and getting them to the polls. I mean, it seems uh, reporting I've done suggested that a lot of what he's he's done has been a really aggressive courtship one-on-one of local officials, be they sheriffs, be they low-end state lawmakers, be they business people, and really making the hard sell, texting them um, repeatedly. And that's paid off uh, and built him some momentum. It's just this this electorate is, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to predict this year. I mean, I really, this is the fourth presidential election I've covered. And I feel in some ways, this is the one that I really have the, the least handle on what's going to happen. 
Josh Rogers, senior political reporter and editor for New Hampshire Public Radio. Thanks for joining us. The Christy Tracker Podcast is a production of WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio. Thanks to associate producer Joseph Capriglione. Our theme music is by 29-Hour Music People. You can subscribe to the Christy Tracker Podcast on iTunes. You can like us on Facebook. And you can follow Matt Katz at MattKatz00. That's Matt, K-A-T-Z. I'm David First, and I'm sorry, Matt, but it sounds like there's not much of a chance Christie's going to read American Governor. Why would I ever read Matt Katz's book? Governor.